Welcome okay. to City Council. <laughs> I'm Ellery. And I'm Pallavi. And um, we've been inconsistent because we got both COVID. COVID. <laughs> we got we both got COVID. Not from each other. In back separate to back. instances. Yeah. But it was crazy that as soon as I got healthy, you got sick. <laughs> Only this is how power resides in friend groups. Only one person can True. be all power, powerful at, at a time. Only one person can be down at a time because that's how we take care of each other. That's true. Yeah. And I'm still in India because I got COVID. I came here for a wedding. I missed the wedding because I got COVID. And so now I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to come back. But it's hard because the food here is good. So <laughs> I say rock it as long as you can. Things are bad here. Things are bad in so many places. Things are bad in so many places. We have, I, well, we say this every episode, we have so much fucking news. Let's get into first. it. Let's get into the news. Okay, we have a bit of a Supreme Court supersode this week. I'm just going to rock through it. Basically, it's we're going to go through the biggest of their decisions this term. The term just ended. There was one good one which is immigration, Biden versus Texas. This is the decision on the remain in Mexico policy, which was a Trump era immigration policy that required asylum seekers to remain in Mexico while applying for asylum in the United States. And Biden's administration wanted to get rid of it. And now they have the authority to do that. So that's sort of a good decision. So that means that they can remain in the U.S. if they need to? Yeah, it means that they can come and stay in the U.S. while they seek asylum and they don't have to remain in Mexico. Where do they have, where can they stay? Do they have to stay in like centers or can they stay elsewhere? That's not outlined at all. That's not outlined in the decision at all. Okay. I think. We're going <laughs> to pretend that's overall positive and not ask further questions at this yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. There are definitely more questions associated with that. Hopefully, I think the general rule of them right now is that if they have a sponsor, if they have somebody in the United States that they know, they can reside with that sponsor. But unfortunately, I think if they don't, it does mean like remaining in centers. But there's a law that you can't stay in a center over like 30 or 60 days. So that oh. has to apply somehow. Okay. Okay. Airbnb so, rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The next one, excuse my yawning. I'm so exhausted. She's like so over the Supreme Court. You're like so bored with them right now. They're killing me, dude. I was up so late last night. Um, so the <laughs> next few ones affect church and state. The first one being Kennedy versus Bremerton School District, which is the football coach who wanted to pray on the 50-yard line. Um, and they said that he was allowed to do that. If it was after the game, right? After the game, yes. Um, which sounds like, sure, fine, whatever. But from the discourse I was reading about it, it seemed like he was punishing students that didn't want to participate with uh, benching them and like not, you know, playing them, which is discrimination. I like um, how we have to outline discrimination now. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys know what it is. And then the next one is Carson v. Markin, which was about a main tuition program. And essentially the court ruled that the state can't provide public grants to secular private schools without also providing those grants to religious private schools meaning they can teach anything and yeah and and be you know able rewarded to by the state public money the next are vaccine mandates basically the court blocked the biden administration's uh vaccine or testing requirement for the nature's largest employers 
which is so fucking stupid because it's like it's not even a vaccine mandate you would just have to get a lot of COVID tests and that's who cares yeah what they they would have to be provided for by the employer no they'd be provided for by the government oh but yeah that's what I'm saying yeah Yeah. so it's like what is the fucking problem I don't know but Uh, now it's COVID rates again Uh (laughs) I mean it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and nobody's wearing a mask anywhere Nope. Okay, the next one is environmental regulations, West Virginia v. EPA. <laughs> Sorry, your cadence with you yawning is so I know. funny. Dude, I'm, Listen, I'm Ellery's had a rough, you know, she got her flight got delayed. She's By been up. I finished this at like 1 a.m. and I'm very tired. Okay. Um, <laughs> and after we're done, I'm going to go right back to bed. <laughs> so environmental regulations, West Virginia v. EPA, this rolled back the uh, EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to reduce the carbon output from existing power plants and also other things. But this one case, the letter of it was power plants, but it pulls into question the regulation of other things. This one we're a little bit uh, confused about because there's other claims that the EPA can still regulate greenhouse gases for cars and trucks and oil and gas. And the main thing that this is affecting is generation shifting, meaning pushing power plants to move toward greener methods. But apparently the EPA already expected that. It's a little confusing for me. I'm not quite sure exactly what the practical outcome of this is going to be, but I guess we'll have to see. I mean, the practical outcome of it is going to be that it's going to be harder to move away from carbon dioxide and um, like coal and power plants. But I think the Biden administration is like fairly serious about finding a way around this. And I think that they will. I do think it'll affect more than power plants. But something that we were talking about earlier is that like California basically right now controls like what cars go to market just because we buy the most cars like california is the eighth largest economy in the world so when people make cars in america they basically cater to california's preferences so if a certain car is not allowed in california car makers just won't make it capitalism baby you asked for it we gave it to you i mean yeah like that's one of the practical uses of um, supply and demand yeah and actually that makes me think about something that we're going to talk about later about capitalism and guns (laughs) oh great great speaking about guns the next one's the second amendment right and this was new york state rifle and pistol association versus bruin so previously in new york you had to prove that you had a special reason for needing to carry a weapon publicly like delivery drivers who deliver money or people who live in rural areas with lots of animals and they were not especially hard to get i remember my dad had one so there you go. But now the court has ruled that that law, what? <laughs> You're like, even my dad got one. So. I mean, basi- basically, and he was like a mechanic, so he didn't have any sort of special needs. He, he, had, to sh- he had to shoot the car better. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> but now the court has ruled that that's unconstitutional and said that all law-abiding Americans have a right to carry handguns outside the home for self-defense and don't need to prove you know, any special reason. So that was sort of a blow to regulations, to gun safety. But in reaction to this news, New York has, within the legal ruling, banned all guns at most public indoor places like churches and subways and also outside at Times Square. So New York did a really good job of responding to this. However, it does call into question laws in other states. And like now those states will have to call their legislatures and 
Just basically like blue states will have to regulate gun safety from themselves while red states are left to be fucked by gun violence. Yeah. And they also what's interesting is I just read this crazy article about how states that are deep red have shorter life expectancies because they fail to implement these sorts of policies. Yep. Um, And then it's also it's like blue states can enact stricter gun laws but they can now be afraid that they'll be challenged and and then it'll just go back and forth exactly okay so the next one was a law about tribal sovereignty in oklahoma versus castro huerta it ruled that state officials now have the power to prosecute non-natives for crimes against natives within a tribal reservation which sounds like it might be an okay thing but nope has been criticized by a lot of tribal leaders because it limits the reach of a 2020 ruling that reclassified about 40% of Oklahoma as native reservation and shifted some criminal prosecutions to tribal and federal courts. So basically it's saying that like tribal land isn't all tribal anymore. That there was- the United States federal government does have jurisdiction there. Yeah, there was someone who uh, I saw a tweet from an indigenous person who said that every single contract that their people had with the United States government has now been violated as a result of this and has been like walked yes. back on. Additionally, it's very telling. <laughs> well, it's it's also very telling that they passed this right after the abortion laws because yeah. now people who are non-native can't seek help on reservations you know or on native land totally that um and then also i have been seeing a lot of people be like well let's open abortion clinics on which is like tribal land and i'm like they don't even have access to clean water i don't think yeah come in like and like set up not their responsibility but it's not their responsibility and that's also not our land to claim like technically yes it's it's not but it's not our land to claim it's like if they want to, it's it's just allowing people to persecute and kind of ran, run rampant all over their land. Like if they want to give a safe haven to to non-natives, right? For people who yeah. like are part of the community, but not native. And it also kind of like, it just gives them, you know, authority to have this like military style intervention on their land. Uh, regard, like they can, I mean, you know, cops plant things, cops can use any excuse to come wherever they want. And so it's just like yeah, basically adding. It also pers- takes away like their sovereignty. Like they're, 100%. they're now no longer their own. Like, you know, if we take away their right to do their own judicial processes, they're no longer their own country. Like it's, yeah. you know, like it's always been an occupation, but even more so now. Yeah. Um, And this, so there is a case that they haven't, the, the court has not chosen to hear just yet, but is on the docket. It's called Sharp v. Murphy. There's actually a really great crooked podcast about this case called This Land. They might hear it next term, but unsure yet. Basically, Sharp v. Murphy protects a tribe's right to have preference to adopt a child from their tribe over non-natives for cultural preservation reasons. I mean, adopt of- a child to native parents, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Native parents would get preference first yes. over non-native pref- uh, non-native parents, which I think every- everybody can agree is like a good thing, but yeah. probably somebody would not agree. But I think it's probably good. all those friggin' white people who have no, weird actually, energy who yeah. want to just adopt brown and black kids to post pictures of uh, when it suits their Republican so, needs. So so true. It's a really interesting podcast about it. I encourage everybody to listen. But basically, the fall of Oklahoma versus Castro Huerta 
calls into question if Sharp v. Murphy will fall. It's basically so. taking authority away from That's natives. exactly what it is. That's exactly what it That's is. That's like so, is. so disturbing. That is like, especially given that like we genocided their people and then they like they've lost significant amounts of population lost cultural milestones or like landmarks and we've just like ripped their culture apart and then to have them further be colonized i mean it's just never ending like it's never ending The, the violence the occupation like i know that by now we would be like oh it's over it's settled but like in every action that we do specifically with native americans it's always about erasure it's always about violence like if we think about you know like native boarding schools like that the last of that ended in like the 90s like it's and they're just discovering the mass graves at these reservations of children hundreds of Of children. children absolutely and there are so many more that were like not like canada you know in recent years has gotten on a lot under a lot of fire for finding those but they're finding those because they're looking and America is not looking. Yeah, 100%. Because we know that they're there. When the Gabby Petito case came under national spotlight, there were, I think there's like more indigenous women and girls missing than any other population or any other race. Yeah, and there um, are, and there are. And it's funny because we like uh, the way that American systems of police sort of like talk about that is like, oh, well, it's not our jurisdiction. But then it's our jurisdiction like the- when we want to prosecute. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's so, so fucked. Okay, let's move on to more terrible news. Just a light one. Roe v. Wade and the right to abortion fell in America this month. That includes Roe v. Wade, Dobbs versus Jackson's Women Health, and Casey versus Planned Parenthood. Not to be confused with Casey Anthony, whom we don't agree with. But what's interesting about this is like, this is three rulings that have been overturned in one go. So clearly, clearly there's a lot of precedent. So it's like, you guys just you don't care about precedent at all like they don't care about precedent or the constitution because they'll claim like oh these things these words weren't found in the yes. constitution but then other yes. words like semi-automatics weren't found in the constitution Dude. so why why would you protect that right you know what i mean it's very it's, it's like cherry picking it's crazy and it's like the they're like oh it's we're reading it with like originalism and it's like no you're not you're cherry picking and it's also like originalism sucks. Like all those people own slaves. So I don't give a fuck. Like what is yeah, going to no, cause I mean, people to suffer the least? Just do that. Just do that. Pe- I know. The only people that were in the original constitution were white landowning men. So it's like. It's crazy okay. that we I, we couldn't own land then and we can't own land now. <laughs> it's, I mean, it really does seem like. For different reasons. It's like a nationalist. It's like a Christian nationalist takeover. Like less than 25% of the country agrees with any of this stuff. Yeah. Well, looking forward to next term. <laughs> oh, and then uh, Katanji was uh, brought in, right? So now. Oh, yes. She's from now on. Who, who stepped down? Do we remember? Oh, God, I forget his name. It's a bunch. Of, it's a white dude. <laughs> it's like. I know. I was about to say Roberts John or like Kennedy Brown or something like that. Justice Stephen Breyer, it's who she replaced. He was 83. She's 51. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we love maybe, her. I mean, what a hell of a time to be joining. Yeah, it's a it's a big shit show to, to clean. Uh, there was like a tweet that had that community uh, scene where Troy walks in and everything's on fire and he has like donuts or something. And they were like, that's Judge Katachi Brown. Just like excited to show up to a shit oh show. God. Poor woman. Well, 
Well, <laughs> it's a lot of history. Where's the comedy part of this podcast, Ellery? Dude, literally, <laughs> as I was writing this, I was like, this is so not funny and it makes me feel awful. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to add some comedy in at some point. Um, well, we'll figure out how to do that. But a lot of this stuff, I'm like, I don't want to joke about it. Like, it's not funny. Oh, no, absolutely. In other segments, something well, else. <laughs> yes, we do have some funny news basically later when it gets to January 6th. And then I have a little, yeah, that's about it. (laughs) All right, let's keep going. Looking forward to next term. The court has agreed to hear a case on voting rights, which is actually really scary. It's called Moore v. Harper. And basically, it's a case out of North Carolina where Republicans want to use a heavily gerrymandered map for House elections. And in challenging the non-gerrymandered map. Republican lawmakers have argued that the U.S. Constitution gives state legislatures the power to determine how congressional and presidential elections are conducted without any checks or balances from the state constitutions or federal courts. So basically, it would allow states to run elections without any federal oversight or any independent state constitution or state courts. The theory is called the independent state legislature theory. And you might have heard about that already. Get ready to hear about it more. That's going to be a phrase that we hear a lot in the coming months. I mean, this has already been threatened by like gubernatorial. Why can't I talk? Gubernatorial? Uh, Gubernatorial (laughs) candidates in Pennsylvania, right? What? You said goober. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. I really don't know. But it made me laugh. Anyway, these goobers who are running for governor are... Are like claiming. Remember the far right wing candidate in in Pennsylvania who was like, "Oh, I'll just like pick the president and I'll get rid of these things." Remember? So it's like yeah. allowing allow it's allowing these, more of that. It's allowing more of that. It's allowing more create like the lieutenant governor of Idaho who every time the governor leaves, she tries to do insane shit because she gets like governor powers. Like they're just going to claim presidential wins in their state without regard for the outcome absolutely and it's also like characters what's scary about this is like you know board of electors people who were you know probably previously to 2020 independent non-political you know functions or lovers of government have a lot of them widely especially in republican states have been replaced with people because Republicans are good at organizing and mobilizing and they did it with abortion. You know, they put so many right-wing judges on lower courts and now they've done it with election processes where they've put people who really believe in the big lie in these like independent or what should be independent election oversight positions. It's very scary. And like at the same time, Democrats aren't doing anything to combat it. They're endorsing anti-abortion candidates in seeming like we talked about this last time where Biden, people are convinced that he's making some sort of deal with Mitch McConnell because he endorsed a federal, like a lifelong federal judge who was anti-abortion, like after Roe v. Wade fell. So they're not like whatever deals they're making, they're assuming that they're in good faith and they're not planning for and the long not, term. They never are. And I'm like, not in good faith. And they're not planning for like long-term issues where this is actually allowing individuals to die. They're like willing to compromise with Republicans who I'm like, seriously stop kill making people. concessions. Stop making, stop making concessions. concessions. Because and, Republicans and, never make concessions with us. And then it's also like, as soon as the House, first of all, first of all, it's like all the Republicans voted down the gas price gouging bill so that people in the, during the midterms will blame Biden for high prices and vote 
in Republicans. And when they do that, the first thing that Republicans will do is get rid of the filibuster, even though we've spent the last fucking five years avoiding doing that because we were worried about how they would feel. And it's like Democrats are so worried from lo- about losing people from the middle and they don't realize nobody is in the middle. Nobody is in the middle anymore. Literally, like the Republicans aren't even playing chess. They're playing like snakes and ladders and the Democrats aren't playing at all. Like yes, it's not even literally. that fucking hard. That's such a good analogy because it really does feel like we're not even moving the pieces on the board we're not doing any of the things that we could do like I am so I'm like really mad I'm really mad and like if one more person tells me to vote I think I'll kill myself I, I did today I, do. I, I fucking campaigned I like I literally told people in my life to vote for Joe Biden even though they, it was like so embarrassing my friends hated me for it I literally got into fight with my like actual progressive friends for saying that and now they're fucking right. And it, I am so embarrassed. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, all you can do, I mean, we knew we were going to be embarrassed. We knew that bad shit was going to happen. I was not celebrating when Joe Biden won. There were no, a lot of progressive was. friends. No, there were yeah. progressive friends who were like jumping on cars and shit. And excited. Right, right, right. But I also and, think like, that was more about like just getting outside. <laughs> I know, but that was also like getting rid of Trump, right? It was like, yeah. it was going to be bad anyway. So it, it's, it still does feel like the lesser of two evils, but does it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, literally. I'm like, if he's, if he's not even going to be like a blockade for bad stuff, then what's the fucking point? It's like, not, if he's not even going to stop bad stuff from happening, what is the fucking point? It's not like Martin Luther King quote about being complicit when you don't do anything, you know? Yes, absolutely. And like the and, real and, overall And, and is- also the, the thing that you were saying about like people telling people to vote, there was like a journalist today. I saw this we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but the July 4th shooting happened. And there was this girl who posted a selfie about how she was, she had been hit by a bullet and she was covered in blood. And there was a journalist that responded to her telling her to fucking vote. Like the, the human empathy has been completely eliminated from the system. This is like systemic. I saw that picture, but I didn't see that reply. That's so, and she was covered in blood. She was covered in blood. That's so depraved. That's And to have to put, and to have to put, a picture of yourself covered in blood from a mass shooting and say, I was shot with a bullet. Please somebody do something. And then to have somebody tell you to do. And the, and the response was not only vote, but it's, we're counting on your generation to do something. That's what the journalist said. She was putting the burden. Okay. First of all, burden on them. I'm like, first of all, not all of them are 18 can't vote. Some of them it's like, okay, something needs to happen right now. Do you know how many mass shootings will happen between now and November? We so fucking many had, like literally we probably had more the overall takeaway really from like all these decisions is basically this specific Supreme Court really represents like the death of federalism. It represents the death of like the administration administrative state. And it's like, why bother having a government at all? I mean, like why if they're not allowed to make any regulations help anyone, what are we doing here? Yeah, they're basically just (laughs) enabling harm. That's what they're doing at this point. They're enabling people to be people in corporations to be predators. And that social contract, that social contract between individual and government is so broken. They're like, why the fuck are I for years? Why have I been paying taxes? Literally, literally. And like to go back to, you know, the whole voting conversation, I didn't write this news story down because it was really just like too heavy and I wanted to get, didn't want to get into it. But like, the 10 year olds in Texas. Oh my or God. Not Texas, I'm sorry. The 10 year old in, in Ohio. Um, in Ohio. Yeah. We mentioned it with our next story a little bit, but she was raped, is pregnant, has to go to Illinois for an abortion. She for Indiana, vote. right? Indiana. 
I Indiana. Think. Because Indiana also yeah, is she's like, going Indiana. She's, she's going from Ohio to Indiana. She's 10 years old. She's pregnant. She needs an abortion. It was recommended by her physician for her to get it. a lot of these girls, like a lot of adult women don't have the ability to give birth without it affecting their their health uh, in a very negative way. And they, they require a hospital. They require like all these giving birth is 14 times more dangerous than having an abortion. It's it's, it affects your mortality. So this child whose hips are probably not even ready to give birth had to go to from Ohio to Indiana, Indiana, who's, who's currently overwhelmed with cases because they, with, with like abortion appointments, because they are also uh, set to fall within a few weeks. So even the abortions that they're giving Ohioans coming in are going to stop. So if there's another 10 year old in like three weeks who needs an abortion, it could kill her if she can't get one. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Let's aye, move aye, on. Aye. Well, that sort of ties into our next. Yeah, that sort of ties into our next story, which was a New York Times op-ed that had everybody up in arms yesterday, as they are want to do, by Pamela Paul. And it was about, you know, post Roe v. Wade discussions. And the title was The Far Right and Far Left Agree on One Thing. Women don't count. Wow. So, Incredible headline. I know. <laughs> Basically, she's saying that she found it offensive that people were saying pregnant people instead of pregnant women. Which is just which trans-inclusive is, vernacular or phrasing. Well, it's not just, it's not just trans-inclusive. It's also inclusive of, of that 10-year-old girl because like yeah. that child is not a woman. She's a yeah. child. And, and to call her a woman is like really the whole problem. Like it's robbing her of her childhood, her actual like personhood. I'm sorry, but like, if you don't think the word people is inclusive of women, that's very revealing of how you think about women. Just a note on that. The fact that the fact I I saw some other, you know, tweets about how people, as soon as they became able to like menstruate, people started calling them a woman and said that they're, you know, there are all these like cultural events that signify you're growing into a man or growing into a woman that happened long before you turn 18. And and I'm like, that's culturally your period at 10. Culturally, it's like, whatever, throw your parties, throw your events, have those significant celebratory moments. Like I don't care, but to speak to a child as though she is a woman, as soon as her body can, menstruate and to give her the responsibility of making sure she doesn't get pregnant is just it's child abuse like it is child abuse especially because just because you have a period does not mean that you are ready to carry a child like that doesn't mean your body's ready boys ejaculating doesn't mean that they're ready to be fathers so like why are you doing this to girls like they don't they don't incur like the physical burden of they do not either they do not but i mean just like mentally like i'm just saying like mentally it's like to assume that as soon as you are able to menstruate, not only physically, are you capable of having a child, which your body is not, but mentally that you are also able to like raise a child. Some people get their, some girls get their periods at nine, 10. Like, how is that? How do you think, how do you look at a baby like that and think that they are capable of raising another child? I mean, it's insane. It's a really good point that I saw was to, to say pregnant people, like it means that it doesn't tie womanhood to motherhood and like that you can be a full woman without having kids. And, you know, I, I do think that trans rights are inextricably tied to Roe v. Wade and tied to abortion rights because like what someone is or is not allowed to do with their body, like their what actual physical parts of them can be policed. It's all very related. Like you can't police gender without policing bodies. And that means everyone. When you reduce a person to their 
genitals what physical parts they have yeah Yeah. that is incredibly transphobic that is incredibly like demeaning and and then a lot of these uh, women who are turfs you know trans exclusionary radical feminists they will say like we are women we have experiences and then they'll say just you know you didn't grow up with these parts you didn't grow up with a period so what is it like what is being a woman to you then because you're being contradictory in that language itself it was also so interesting to see like so many of the f- most famous turfs not say anything about Roe v. Wade for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, today or yesterday, like Beth Midler was upset that, about the phrasing. And then also like Macy Gray went on Pierce Morgan and was like, I'm no, sorry. Not yeah. Macy Gray. Macy Gray. Macy Gray no. went on. No, she said the craziest shit. She went on Pierce Morgan and she was like, just because you switch out the parts, that doesn't make you a woman. Shut up. That is so upsetting. That's it's so incredibly upsetting. upsetting. It's incredibly I mean, like, upsetting. I, two things. Someone on Twitter, Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis, said uh, she saw, had a longer thing to say, but one of the things that really stuck out to me was she said liberation is collective. Yeah. And like, it's true. And and if cis women cede ground to this sort of like, this really is the canary in the coal mine is like trans rights. Like if cis women cede ground to like fascists, they're next. And yeah. it's really scary to see how many of us are willing to do that. And like, as it's, far as Bette Miller is concerned, I'm like, I do think she, she's not a turf. Like she could be, I do think that that's like a she probably, opportunity. Yeah. Like, I, think I, she, I think that she's like, she's parroting talking points and I'm without like, realizing what they are without realizing. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, think, let's engage people like that in discussion and bring them. I think you she know. felt reduced to parts when people say like uterus havers, et cetera. Yeah. And that's like the exact opposite of what people are trying to do. They're trying to like well, divorce like, you, you know from what? your- We can just say people. We can just say people. We don't need to, yeah. say, we don't need to say like vagina havers, uterus havers, birthing bodies. We can just say people. Right. Like, I, I understand like, I understand why people who aren't as versed in the phrasing feel that way, feel that yeah. way or those talking points. But I, I do think that like people who would cling to, to like womanhood as being the only group or like to women, it's being the only group that's affected by this have a like, very, like very narrow sight. They're very like myopic about it. And I can say that because yeah. I have mild myop or I have mad myopia. <laughs> um, no, but um, but also like the other thing that I want to point out is that like trans, when we talk about like liberation being collective, trans people, queer people of color, like like these are the people that are fighting for everybody's rights. These are the people yeah. that'll stand at the front with you. These are the people yeah. who are out there who know activism who can be like, you know, like they're part of the team and to separate yourself from them is just to do a disservice to you and like any other, to every movement that you're trying to fight because these are the people who are the most disenfranchised are the ones who fucking take care of the the other, like the, the other people in the, in the, who are being affected. Like, well, also not that it's even like their responsibility to have to do that, but if you think about layers of marginalization, if you start with the people who are more, who are the most marginalized, that safety trickles down to everybody. Like hundred percent with the people in the community who are the least safe, everybody then gets safer by association. hundred percent. But I, I'm just saying like the audacity of cis women to act like they're in this fight alone when trans women have been speaking out about bodily autonomy and trans people yeah. have been speaking out about bodily Forever. autonomy and fighting for rights that these cis women don't even know that they're fighting for. Like, yeah. that's the frustrating thing to me is like trans people will always protect cis people through what they're fighting for. And cis people will not yeah. do the same. 
And well, I'm also like women, like cis women so badly want their oppression to be like special and different and like, like worse than anybody else's. And it's just like, that is so not the point. <laughs> That's so not the point. And it's not helpful. And exactly what you've said, like by joining the trans fight, that includes like bodily autonomy for everybody. Yeah. It just reminds me of like, like the L to LGBTQ was added at the front or this is what I was, again, another Twitter story. Oh, because lesbians during the AIDS movement. Yeah, because lesbians during the AIDS movement were the ones that were like taking care of, you know, of gay men dying from AIDS and like pr- providing funeral funds and like being a huge core of the community. And it's like, that's that's kind of like how I feel about trans people in general right now is that there's such a like a strength of everyone's community and and everyone's overlooking them right now. And we need to put them at the front. Like we need to to elevate their voices and to realize like how much of our community that they've made better and without us even realizing and the freedoms that they've, they've garnered for us without us even asking just merely by their existence and their ability to like question the status quo and like why we have to live under the systemic oppression. Yeah. I mean, it really does just go back to like bodily autonomy for everybody. Like as soon as they get it, we get it. Yeah. Well, (sighs) okay. Anyway, speaking of Ohio and that, you know, we've actually had quite a, quite an Ohio heavy episode. There was a police shooting this week in Akron, Ohio of Jalen Walker. He was pulled over for a traffic violation. He was shot at 90 times. He had 60 bullet wounds. They handcuffed the body after he had died. They released the body camera footage this weekend and Akron PD, of course, immediately prepared for protests and riot gear. Needless to say, he was an unarmed black man. Yes, needless to say. It's it's really just... Um, he was 25 years old, right? Yeah, he was really young. And and it's obviously, it's so upsetting. It's such a pattern. You know, police violence is gun violence. In Bakersfield, did you know that, like, there was a year where 15% of all the murders committed were by the police? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's in, it's insane. It's very common. It's a real danger to public health, obviously. This is this is another thing that has been bothering me about like cis white women. If they look at the what's happening right now with abortion protests and they see like how militarized cops are and they don't see the connection between like the BLM movement and like their own to see movement, women who are surprised by that is so shocking to me it's because so, I'm like it's have, so like, wild a police to see. respond like that to everything. Somebody said it's it's like everything. a remi- it reminds them of that video where like that white guy was arrested in an airport and he was like they're treating me like a black person and it's <gasps> like oh my god. Do you remember that video? No, I don't remember that video. Oh yeah, he was like calling out for help as he was getting arrested and he was like they're treating me like I'm a black person and it's like fucking oh wake up. Like clearly up. like the people who who don't understand defund the police and then go out and protest in in favor of their rights against the Supreme Court with and a, get arrested and then get, get arrested and get brutalized like how do you not see that the police are do doing this see? to everyone? Like yeah. and also like watching this happen I'm like what like, I just don't understand like the mindset you have to have to be a police officer and be like, yep, I'm going to go to work today and just beat the shit out of people protesting for bodily autonomy and then like go home like normal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, mean, I don't understand how people are still cops right now. That's, that's how fascism happens though. It's just like people doing their jobs and they're like, well, I, you know, and what's like really, I'm having a hard time like putting this into words, but it's like, how do you expect people to react like like what are the right uh, right quote unquote like proper forums like 
if you gun 60 bullet wounds like how are we supposed to react how like there's no polite how do you forum. reform shooting a fucking dead person and then I mean, handcuffing even, even it like, even like before that like even just like conversations for our dismay and like our you know our displeasure like how upset we are that you know there there are no city council meetings there are no like there's nowhere that we can bring this grievance to be heard immediately like the people need to protest like that's the only for like because it's clear that like polite conversations aren't getting us anywhere. So like, like you can't so submit like, a complaint and be like, can you please fire exactly. and prosecute these police exactly. officer murderers? Exactly. Can you please stop? Like, so, so to gun down an unarmed person in like the middle of the street and then to immediately prepare yourselves for protests and riot gears to, you know, get you're, in the way of anybody who might have a problem with they're, that they're preparing for war like they know that they, they really, started I mean, that's a war exactly what it is that's exactly what it is and this sort of goes into our next story but there was a shooting in highland park this week or like literally yesterday six fourth killed, of july injured it was by you know a white maga guy and that person killed six people ran away and obviously was taken into custody fully, fully unharmed. And For alive. hours, he was like, he was on the run, right? Like people. So it's exactly. And people justify like, you know, the Jalen Walker shooting being like, oh, well, he shouldn't have ran away. This guy killed six people, ran away, and they knew how to bring him in safely. So what's and, the difference? And also the parade was set up by like police officers were there like every so, so many feet. They were armed. They had everything they needed and they could not protect anyone even though they were yeah. prepared for for this sort of shit to happen. Police are a response team. Police come in after something has already happened. They're not preventative. They don't prevent it's, crime. Speaking of, this guy had put out videos in 2021, right? Declaring that he was going to do this. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Wait, there, do you know anything more about that? There was like a, there was like a, a video uh, that he had put out on YouTube. I think it had like 3000 views. I don't know if it was after the shooting or before, but he, he was like definitely on their right. Like it, there were, there were warning signs again for this white Everywhere. guy. Yeah. There were warning signs. He was, he was at these protests next but to like the, the blue line cops uh, oh my God, flag. Of course. Well, th that's the other problem is like, even when people report that stuff, the police can't step in unless an actual crime has been committed. And this is like, no... this is similarly to like domestic abuse, right? Yeah, they can't, exactly. they have to be there. I, I went in when I was being stalked by a man and they were like, we can only do it if it's happening at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah. so you want this person to attack me at a comedy show? And then they basically I do. They have to, a... they have to do something first before you can even ask for like a restraining order. I didn't but even ask for a restraining that... order. I was just like, Hey, I just want a file on this person in case something, oh, they in wouldn't case even I go take missing. Like a, a they wouldn't report? even take, they wouldn't even take a report. I, I wasn't filing a restraining order. Cause I was still worried about my like career and yeah, stuff. And this person was course, a comedian. Yeah. And I also felt weird going to the cops then. And this is before 20, it was years before years ago. And I just wanted to put on paper his name just to yeah, like just have, to a, have record a record in case yeah. other women came forward about his violence. And they were like, oh yeah, just call us when he's like at the improv, like preventing you from leaving. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to call the cops to the fucking but improv like, and never late. get, it's too late. You're, it's going to ruin my fucking career. Like, I, of course I'm not going to come to you. So it's like, like, I, I'm sorry to bring in like my personal, but it's just like, they, they, they are reactive in a way that doesn't prevent harm, but, but allows them to enact state violence.
Yeah, exactly. And it's also like there are no, like what should be happening is when somebody like, you know, the Highland Park shooter makes those videos or whatever, when, when there should be places where people who are acting out or whatever, seeming like on the brink of radicalization, there should be social services that we can access. There should be grief counselors, mental health counselors. You know, there should be like wellness checks that are not carceral that involve like, do you have enough support at home? Do you have enough to eat? Do you have like actual resources? And we have none of that. Our answer to everything is police. And that's like, that's like where the suffering comes from. And instead of like investing in, in affordable housing, in healthcare, in mental health resources, we're only doubling down on police, which means that we always, always invest in more violence. And I'm sorry. Gonna, there's also like this online radicalization of like white supremacist yeah, youth and it's like real fucking white, men. white parents are not doing enough. No, like, because they don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about it. But in reality, they, what's crazy is that like, if you put on YouTube and you let it play for like three videos, then the fourth video will always be like a white supremacist video. Like it's, it's like the radicalization algorithm that parents don't want to like, think about and they don't want to monitor because you know they don't want to get in fights with their kids but it's like if your sons are playing or they believe it or they believe it but like if your white sons are playing video games you can bet because like that's where like people like stormtroopers and like you know those like white supremacist radicalized networks they're doing it very intentionally they're reaching out to boys where they are they're on discord they're in video games they're on youtube they're on reddit they they recruit like the military that's like that's why the fbi said in like the early 2000s that white supremacists have invaded the police and that they're like they're like white supremacist cells and the white supremacists are very organized republicans are very organized like these people are not like it's no longer the thing of like some loser in a basement with no friends that person has friends and they're online and they're organizing they are all organizing which is crazy because it's like Sometimes I'm like, if you guys could just teach a quick lesson to the left <laughs> on how to organize, we'd, on how to organize, we'd be a lot more put together. Um, oh so that was unfortunately not the only shooting in America yesterday, not by a long, a, a long mile, but there was another one in Philly at the park, at a parkway concert, three people were killed and 11 others were injured, including police, two police officers. I'm just wondering, like, how many times does this shit need to happen to like, how how long will it take for this country to get radicalized? Like I literally was thinking that yesterday. I'm like, cause I saw this video from Philly and it was like basically a stampede out of the parkway center and fireworks were going off in the background and everybody was screaming. And I'm like, so sad, so scary. So emblematic of like American culture. And I'm like, what is it? What needs to happen? If at this point, if it wasn't after Sandy Hook, if it wasn't after Parkland, if it wasn't after Uvalde, will it be ever? I don't know. And it's also like how many people need to be personally affected for them to care? Well, at this point, I feel like it's fair to say, you know, one in two people in America has been personally affected by gun violence. I feel like that's fair to say. Like, it's so common. It is very common. Yeah. Well, Okay. <laughs> and another tense transition from city council. Uh, oh goodness. Maybe something really funny will happen one day. No. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah, I don't um, think we would. I think if it was just silly. We might not. Maybe we should start covering sillier topics. Just silly news. To- Actually, 
if we had it i think we should maybe have a silly section because yeah. i feel like when people did political news in the 90s it was like ha 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 blow job and now it's like oh my well, god the empire is falling <laughs> okay but this next news is actually pretty fun it's funny I laughed hard when I heard it. So the January 6th committee had some of their last hearings and Mark Meadows assistant Cassidy Hutchinson testified and she was like 23 when she was working for him, which is crazy. I would never let a 23 year old do anything that important. For, I mean, Monica um, Lewinsky was what, 22 when all of that shit went down? That is so fucking crazy to think 22, about. 22, 23. Yeah. Power I'm dynamic like, was insane. 22 year olds work in the White House. Well, so Cassidy Hutchinson is a White House aide who's Mark Meadows assistant. Before that, she was working for uh, Steve Scalise and Ted Cruz. Like she had no interned. Way. Yeah, she interned for both Ew. of them. And I can't imagine the rise to the White House. So basically her her desk, they cr- created a 3D rendering of it during these hearings to show that she was like five to 10 seconds away from the Oval Office walking. <laughs> And uh, she was like close to Mark Meadows. She was close to Mike Pence and like some other people in the White House. So she was like, uh, like around there are pictures of her, like hanging out behind Trump and stuff. And he just like, after these testimonies, he just like claimed to not know her. And it's like, Thank God she was there. He was like, I, I barely knew her. He said that multiple They're times also in on pictures Truth Social. Together. She's in a yeah. back, a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. So she testified during the January 6th committee hearing that Trump really wanted to go to the Capitol riots. And when a Secret Service agent said, no, you can't do that. It's too dangerous. Trump tried to take over the wheel of the motorcade and choke out the Secret Service agent. Yeah. So basically he was like, he threw like, a huge tantrum. Like he, so they kept telling him he couldn't go. He threw his like lunch against the wall. She saw the ketchup dripping down. And, and it, when she was asked like, if that had happened before, she was like, yeah, he just yeah. like throws his <laughs> shit around. But like, yeah, he tried to like reach the steering wheel and like put this, put a Secret Service agent, which the fucking gall of you to think you can take out the Secret Service like obviously you you couldn't do it when you were like trying to spread covid in the car when you made them drive you around when you were covid positive so now you're just oh using fucking choking maneuvers but anyway so he they he didn't successfully do that so he ended up going back to the white house but obviously he wanted to go there was so much um information that like Rudy Giuliani and like Meadows knew about what was going to happen and that it was going to get quote, like really, really Really bad. bad. And then other people, legal counsel, Pat Cipollone, who was called in, uh, (laughs) in the, the subtitles for these testimonies that he was called like Pat Baloney and stuff. Uh (laughs) But, uh, he was like, if we could get prosecuted with like every crime imaginable, if we participate in this, so they knew what the fuck was going to happen. They saw people, Meadows was warned that people were armed and that they were like fastening shit to spears. And, and Trump was like, oh, they're not going to hurt me. Like, let them come. He basically was, he, he knew that they were armed. He knew that they were an angry mob. And he was like, oh, they're not going to hurt me though. And he basically, you know, Cassidy testified that Meadows basically said Trump thought Pence deserved what was coming to him basically. Like, because yeah. he was so mad at Pence for not doing something illegal and claiming that, he was Trump legit gonna election. let that guy like get killed. Like, he was a hundred percent. Yeah. So there were yeah, there were so many details that I read about this, and it was just like insane to 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 know that all of these people knew that the mob was armed. They were coming to the Capitol. They were pissed off, and they allowed it to happen. 
And even Meadows and Trump wanted in the speech that they were like, people were begging him. Sean Hannity was like texting, asking Trump to say something. Don Jr. asked him to say something to stop the violence. They like Sean Hannity had to remind him that the 25th Amendment existed in case like people okay. were upset. And I'm wanted sorry, to it's crazy that office. Sean Hannity was is a like voice the of last... reason. Yeah. Well, not even just that. Like Sean Hannity is like the last straight. It was like the last line of defense between like the yeah it getting even worse. Like yeah, that's so embarrassing for and us. Then, and then I so fucking embarrassing. And then like the next day, Mark Meadows and Trump wanted on January seventh both wanted to include something in that speech where he's like issuing pardons to them, but they were told not to do that, like to not include that in the speech. Stop. He was gonna be like. He was going to offer to if you issue them pardons. Yeah, he was going to, he, he wanted to to figure out pardons for all the people who like stormed the Capitol. The next oh day, he said, he was trying to include them. People had to talk him down from it. I think like Pat Sabloni or somebody. Yo, oh my gosh. It was insane. But it was like, it was, it's like, I mean, we all knew for somebody who flushes his toilet 15 times, of course he throws ketchup against a wall. Like we all know this, but to have him, to have someone testify with that amount of clarity that Giuliani knew something bad was going to happen, Meadows and Trump, and none of them gave a shit or even encouraged it or wanted something bad to happen and knowing that everybody was armed, like to have that on record is surprising that we got anything you know what I mean yeah it's also a I've heard since like in the days since Cassidy Hutchinson's testified more people have come forward um Mm. so there potentially might be another hearing but maybe not that was supposed to be the last of them but yeah um, it was a surprise hearing she'd already been video recorded like four times before and then they brought on Monday to announce that surprise hearing for Tuesday so yeah so it was interesting I'm just wondering, you know, like Cassidy Hutchinson, you know, famous intern for these Republicans and White House aide for Trump. When is she going to be on Dancing with the Stars? When is she going to be? I literally was just thinking that. On Masked Thing. Pundit is next, maybe. Oh, yeah, probably. I don't know. Fox News probably won't have her. So she'd have to go to like. Yeah, I mean, she has burned some bridges. Oh, QAnon. Q came out recently, right? He's back. He's back. But then he also, he started like saying shit about Cassidy Hutchinson after oh, her he? testimony yeah and trump Isn't responded it- trump responded to all of this by calling her like fraudulent and you know saying that her testimony was sick and like being like I, how could i even grab the steering wheel <laughs> like yeah but. it's interesting isn't most people believe that QAnon is ron watkins and yeah and it's and he isn't he running for isn't Ron Watkins like running or campaigning for something and because I, I don't know if don't he's they both live in the Philippines yeah yeah but I think he's like he's he has some something that's happening now that he's trying to gain, gain traction for and that's why a lot of people think that he was back to kind of like bring him back into the, the oh, limelight for Arizona Congress just yeah two. so he's definitely like running for something and he's trying to people are like so oh he Q must is have back to bring him citizenship. I mean, I think you can live in the Philippines and still be an American citizen, right? No, of course you can. But I would think that your main residence would have to be the state that you're running in. Maybe not. Maybe that's another fun loophole. Probably because doesn't Dr. Oz not even live in Pennsylvania? I'm not surprised. And also like Eric Adams claims to live in New York. (laughs) Oh, he actually lived next to my old roommate for a little while. Oh, interesting. But she said she never saw him. So Mm. he might not have ever been there. Anyways. A lot of crazy okay. shit happening with the January 6th yeah. stuff. 
Well, we have a little bit of a cool down, a, a cool down gripe, a little something that's lower stakes, potentially airlines. Let's get into it. Basically, <laughs> travel over the summer has been terrible, will be terrible. There are major staffing shortages. Airlines are knowingly listing flights that won't be able to fly. And they're knowingly letting them just go and then canceling last minute and hoping that most people take rebooks instead of refunds. The COVID and no mask policies have really hurt shortages, but there are also a lot of strikes happening. Overworked pilots are striking. On my flight yesterday, I heard the flight attendants gossiping about a pilot who was on the plane as a passenger who said that he was on a 17-day long trip, which was the longest in his career. And that means flying every day. Oh, my God. So, yeah, basically. They're also like reducing requirements for pilots who are training. Like they're recruiting requirements. They're dropping like hours required to fly practice before being able to fly commercial. Exactly. So basically airlines got $54 billion of pandemic aid to prevent staffing shortages. And they also got a huge bailout a few years ago and they used both of those things on bonuses for CEOs and stock buybacks, of course. So Jesus some Congress Christ. people want to hold congressional hearings. I know that Bernie Sanders said that he definitely wants to hold a congressional hearing. And I have to ask people to judge, where are you? Transportation secretary, like transportation secretary. Here? Also catch me if you can pilot vibes, right? Like he gives yeah, pilot no, vibes. For real. He does have like, like child pilot vibes. He, oh my God. He has like little wings on <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has like the the posture of a of a baby pilot right yeah but i'm, I'm also <laughs> from like the baker, from the like, creators of boss baby comes baby pilot baby pilot i'd watch that unfortunately <laughs> I, I mean they get ta- taught how airplanes fly every time they take a bite so why wouldn't they know <laughs> oh that's cute um this all goes back to like the lack of federalism the lack of oversight like private corporations run everything and they're allowed to do whatever they want and they have so much of my goddamn tax money i'm i'm like furious like i won't learn how to build a bomb but if i did this is where <laughs> i would utilize that information like remind me to tell you that story every time you bring up bombs i'm like i need to tell ellery this story that i can never say anywhere else don't say um, on air we'll talk about it later not. but uh somebody was also saying like there was like a a video of these airline pilots just walking in a line, like striking. And somebody was like, oh, it's got to be a really bad situation economically for white white, middle-aged white men to strike, which like kind of true, but also like didn't unions and stuff form out of like- Unions used to be so popular. Yeah. And and it was like white men who, who were forming them, right? Like with the whole- It was uh, the the first, like the, yes, exactly. The miners and believe it or not, West Virginia and the Appalachians, those were the very first of you know, the big unions in America and through propaganda and lack of resources, we have taken that from them and instead made them suck up to the federal government. They love gov- federal government and like, or deregulation. It's so fucking stupid. I think what people fail to recognize is like, if we as workers unite over everything, but that's the thing is white people will never like, White people would rather be poor with like few prospects than think that another race has like a better, like more footing than they do in this country. Is that an official statement from Ellery (laughs) on behalf of white people? I do think that that's true. White people, like even subconsciously, so many of us like would rather suffer than see another 
racial group gets stable footing in America. And it's like, if we all band together as workers, like we all rise, but so many white people don't want that for other races. And it's like- Do you think that when white people become a minority, we'll be able to do that? I hope so. But I I worry about like white violence. I really do. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a constant threat. It's a constant threat. And like the radicalization of like young men through the things like replacement theory, where it's like, you guys are focusing on the wrong thing. Like they, they want that from you so that they can bleed all of the money out of us. Like what they want from white people is for them to be so up in arms of a race that they don't realize they're being robbed blind. And it's like, yeah, you I was, are stupid to fall for it. I was thinking, I literally was, I just tweeted about kind of a similar, like parallel topic. Like I, I was basically like, no amount of propaganda trying to blame trans people for like state violence is going to make me believe that like blue hair and pronouns are not responsible for people being unhoused and gun violence. Like yes, I don't under- dude, like it's exactly. such a fucking distraction. How exactly. stupid do you think I am? Like, oh, what a good way to put it. That's exactly what it is. It's like, it's like fodder and it's like, but that's not the issue. That's not the issue. The austerity state is the issue. And you know, the austerity state wants, you know, corporations who get tax breaks to be in certain areas without giving anything back to the community. Like the war that we used to fight in America during the post Great Depression was the war on poverty. And it worked. It worked. And we have come so far away from that. And I really do blame Ronald Reagan. But like, it's incredible it's incredible how up in arms some people can be over the wrong things. And it's like, don't you see that's just a distraction? Yeah. Okay. What do we have wrapping up? We got some games. We have some games. We're going to play a fun round of fuck, marry, kill. Fuck, marry, kill. Fuck, marry, kill, Bill. Except for there are no bills this week because there are no bills on the Supreme Court. So. We're going to play fuck, Mary kill with Supreme Court justices. This is going to be we're gonna do so rounds. annoying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're going to have to threaten to kill one Supreme Court justice. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> All right. Mary kill. So my computer died in anticipation of fuck, Mary kill, Bill. It got uh, so horny it overheated. <laughs> but let's get into it. Okay, so we're playing Fuck, Mary Kill, but not Bill because there are no bills on the Supreme Court today. We're going to play Fuck, Mary Kill with some conservative justices. So your first round is John Roberts, Brett Kavanaugh, or Amy Coney Barrett. Okay, I am going to K-word sexual assaulters all the way through. So I'm going to K-word Brett Kavanaugh, I think. What is John? Remind me of all the bad things John Roberts has done. John Roberts is like not a superstar in any direction. He just always votes for the conservative block. I'm pretty sure he's a Federalist Society guy. He's a Harvard Law Whoa. Review guy. He basically has always made bad decisions on abortion, capital punishment, free speech, healthcare reform, LGTB rights, voting rights, you know, just the easy stuff. Oh, I don't want to fuck a man but I also don't want to marry him. What do I do? Uh, Would you rather marry any Comey Barrett? I don't know her that well, but I feel like, do I, okay, do I want to marry a white man or a white woman? <laughs> like, what is the worst for me? I mean, both equally dangerous. 
Okay, I'm gonna marry Amy Coney Barrett just because I feel like she's newer. Ew, I know it's canceled. disgusting. I know it's disgusting. Well, you gave you me these her. options. No, you can you can change. Her. That's what I was saying. Is I'm gonna slowly over time. I'm gonna. You know what? It never has worked before. But why can't I try pushing your left? <laughs> also, if she's like married to an, a queer Indian woman, I feel like that's gonna lose her some of her followers. You know what I mean? That's like, so true. You guys faith. would have to be public about it. Oh, I would be so public about it. And then I'm going to, oh, am I going to fuck John Roberts? Gross. But then, I mean, oh, you know what like I'm going to do? I'm going to fuck John Roberts and then I'm going to get an abortion. And then I'm going to be public about that. I don't know that he is. Yeah. I don't know that his, it still works down there. But <laughs> okay. If he knocks you up, I believe that you guys could kill it pretty easily. Actually, he's definitely like if anybody can access an abortion, it's these people. Oh, hundred percent. What do you think's happening under their robes all the time? I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was a first round pitch, but we loved it. Okay. So the second group, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Samuel Alito. I'm going to again, um, kill the sexual assaulter. So Clarence Thomas, uh, I mean, K word, God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to K word Clarence Thomas. I have editing power. <laughs> LOL. And then what is Samuel, what has Neil Gorsuch done? He's been, they're both been shitty. Yeah. They're both How, pretty equally shitty. Alito wrote the leaked decision. Okay. Then I'm so, going to fuck Alito just so I can also have an abortion and be public about it. And then marry Neil Gorsuch. you're admitting to that you would fuck these guys raw. Raw? You're yeah, like, oh, I know. I'm going to let them sure. not inside me for America, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about you? Give me your answers. Oh, this game isn't for me. I put it together. No, Ellery, you have to. I would kill them all. Okay, I that's mean, not fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. That's not But fair. that's what's so funny about it is I'm putting you in a really bad position and then I don't have to play. <laughs> okay, next time I'm prepared. <laughs> Fine, deal. 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 But you you openly admit that you'd fuck, you'd fuck Marjorie Taylor Greene without any part of the game. So like this is yeah, that's wild true. west that's, for you. I didn't, I didn't have to say that. And you I didn't, did anyway. We weren't even playing a game and you were like, I we fuck her. We weren't even playing a game. <laughs> I do still believe it though. Oh did you see that? tweet that she came out with this week where she was like I don't even understand why there is a separation of church and state oh yeah I'm not surprised okay so mutual aid babe of the week Yeah, so Mutual Aid Babe of the Week, we picked Buckle Bunnies Texas, which is a Texas abortion fund that I have been following for a long time, like years now. She's really like cool. a, you're like a hipster for abortion funds. I'm a hipster for abortion funds. <laughs> I got into it before everybody was into it. Um, they're cool and they obviously need your donations, but above that, they have like really cool merch that you can buy. And obviously Texas is on the front lines, of course. I just think the work that they're doing is great. I think that they're really approachable. I think that they're really a good way to start getting in that world. And you can find them at www.bucklebunnies.org. Cool. That's our episode uh, from City Council. We will have our show coming back sometime when I decide to return from India if there are enough airline pilots to fly me to the U.S. And... <laughs> so stay posted on that for sure. <laughs> so stay posted. But yeah, other than that, meeting adjourned. Love you. Keep listening. Meeting adjourned. Thanks for sticking with us. It was a it was a big one. <laughs> big roller coaster. Big roller coaster. Yeah. 
This episode of the City Council Podcast was written, created, and produced by Paula Viganalan and Ellery Smith. Our music was written and produced by Ruby Ibarra. Be sure to follow us at City Council, spelled S-E-L, show on Instagram and Twitter for more weekly podcasts and monthly live stand-up comedy shows. Thanks for listening. Yeah.